Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Monday, August 1st. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. There's a lot of uproar about language these days, about the words that we use. And I did a podcast very recently all around words and the power of words. But I think it deserves a little more attention and some continued microscopic investigation in a way into the absurdity of how lost we can get at superficial things. For example, I read today that Beyonce, the singer, the entertainer, has apologized publicly and is putting out a revised version of a song that's on her latest album. And the reason is the song had a word in it, spaz, S-P-A-Z-Z. Here's the apology. I want you to hear this. It's been brought to my attention that there is a harmful word in my new song, Girls, G-R-R-R-L-S. That's the name of the album or the name of the song. Let me make one thing clear. I never want to promote derogatory language. As a fat black woman in America, I've had many hurtful words used against me. So I understand the power words can have, whether intentionally or in my case, unintentionally. I'm proud to say there's a new version of girls with a lyric change. This is the result of me listening and taking action. As an influential artist, I'm dedicated to being part of the change I've been waiting to see in the world. The absurdity of this, this was called to her attention and made public by an activist group that claims that Spaz is an ableist slur against people who have spastic muscle conditions. Maybe yes, maybe no. I mean, it's a word. It's generally probably used in a condescending way or a negative way. But I also know that people who are muscle challenged, shall we say, spasmodically muscle challenged, have used that word's from one to the other. I've seen and heard that done. We get so caught up lately. We've been trained. We've been pressured into watching every word that comes out of our mouths. And I think what we've lost is the deeper issue of not so much the language or the choice of words, but the values that are behind it, the intention that's behind it. It matters. They jumped on that word spaz, and she's willing to take it out of her song. But the N-word, which none of us can say, is used all the time as between black people, as amongst themselves, and supposedly that's okay. Well, you know, I'm Jewish, and there's a word kike. It's a, it's a derogatory, condescending, nasty word to use when referring to Jews. But Jews don't use it among ourselves and make it okay. Jews don't go around calling each other kikes, but letting other people be harassed and intimidated into not using it. 
Why is it okay for black people to use the N-word one to the other? But it's not okay for a white person to use it. I don't get the distinction. Really, I don't. And the reason I don't is because sticks and stones. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but names can never hurt me. Now, look, I did an entire podcast on the power of words. And wouldn't it be better? Absolutely. If we all chose every single word carefully and with deliberateness and only chose words from the kind column and the loving column, yes. But that's a condition of the human heart. That has to come from a change of heart in people, a change of heart and a change in consciousness. But while we're so hung up on each and every word, and while there are words that are now taboo and off limits, while other words are still okay, two weeks from now, one of the okay words can be not okay, and one of the off limits words can be okay, because who's the arbiter of that? Whoever's in power at the moment, whoever has the biggest club, whoever has the loudest microphone, who gets to say that? That's what the First Amendment is all about, free speech. You're allowed to say things that offend other people. Should you? No. Shouldn't we all be careful? Yes. But aren't the values and the intention more important than the words themselves? I think they are. And I think we are so busy being lost in the superficiality of the words and of what it looks like on the surface or in taking offense that we've lost perspective on how important it is to know what's in someone's heart and to know what their value system is. You know, this week I had a disagreement with a friendship that's 40 years old. My friend and I went back and forth over what she was offended at in the interaction. And I shared my feelings and responded to her. And I tried to listen and hear her out. And I walked away by saying that in every exchange I have with people, I try to get past the superficiality of the words or the hurt or the anger and get at what really is going on, what is really the motivating force behind what someone says is upsetting them or has caused them discomfort. And I always look for that because I want to walk away from it with a higher meaning. I want to have learned something. I want to have bettered myself, if I can, from an exchange beyond the superficiality of it all. And when we finished the call that we were on, I said to her, The takeaway for me from this is that I need to be more accepting of who you are and not expect you to respond to situations the way I would respond or make the choices I would make. That was an important realization for me in general, but also a specific realization by me about what she was saying. Then I thought about our conversation I thought about it over that night and the next day, and I came to a realization from my end that I needed to share with her, and I'm going to tell you what it is because it makes the greater point. My friend had been talking to me recently about a situation she was in with a friend of hers, both female, and they had been frequenting a restaurant slash bar where there was live entertainment. And both of these women had developed a crush on one of the musicians. And he must have picked it up or else he was just being 
you know, social with the patrons. And so whenever these two would go to see him or to watch him perform, when he would end a set, he would come and he would sit with them and talk with them. And it was pretty clear to me from my friend that she was interested in him, but so was her friend. And there was, to some degree, a little bit of competition going on. But at some point, my friend kind of bowed out or backed down. However, her friend did not. She continued to pursue trying to have a relationship with this man. And ultimately, they are now in a relationship. Here's the problem. He's married with two disabled children. And I find adultery appalling and morally reprehensible and a whole bunch of other things. But I find it wrong. And my friend was trying to justify both her interest in him and then justify her friend's pursuit of him by saying that she wasn't really pursuing him because the friend told her that she wasn't pursuing him. She was only interested in a friendship. And every time my friend talked to me about this, I said, she's not interested in a friendship. She's interested in having an affair with him and maybe even having him leave his wife. I don't know what her fantasy is, but she's going there regularly and sitting with him and talking with him. And it's not about a friendship. Well, lo and behold, that's what happened. So I said to my friend, I listened to that. I listened to repeated conversations as this whole thing unfolded. And what I've come to realize in hindsight is that I don't want to listen to such conversations and I don't want to participate even as a listener, as a passive listener, because I have an, a moral and an ethical problem with adultery. Therefore, I don't want to partake of it in any way and I don't want to give it, I don't want to give it any energy. And I don't want to be a receptacle for someone else being able to justify and find somehow a positive aspect of attempting to seduce a married man or allowing yourself to be seduced by a married man. I'm sharing all this with you for a very specific reason that has to do with our priorities, meaning our priorities as a culture. I said to my friend, this is my moral and ethical boundary, and I would ask that you respect it. I understand that you may have a different view of the morality and the ethics of it, but this isn't about you. This is about me. I cannot participate in that in the future, and I ask that you respect it. We aren't concerned enough about values. We aren't concerned enough about morality and ethics in this country as we are concerned with superficiality and with allowing ourselves to be yanked around by the thought police and the word police to the point where we've lost perspective on what's important. It really doesn't matter if someone calls me names. First of all, that says something about them. Or if they use language that I might find offensive. I have only an obligation to myself in that situation, which is to say, hold it, I have a boundary. And that's crossing my boundary. So I can't be friends with you, or I don't want to engage with you, or whatever it is, I no longer want to do it. If you can't respect my boundary. Now, there's an even deeper issue. And that is, do I want to continue to be friends with someone whose values are so different at this stage of my life, at this level of my conscious development, of my enlightenment, let's call it, of my spiritual evolution, whatever you want to call it, 
at my age, if nothing else, do I want to still be friendly with someone who thinks that either seducing or being seduced by a married man isn't crossing any boundary? That's the real issue. The real issue is the value, the ethic, the morality of it all. We don't go there very often. We're very concerned with appearances. We're very concerned with the thought police, as I said, and complying with the word police. There's a whole lot about comedy that's funny because it is condescending, because it does poke fun at biases and stereotypes. I don't think it's so bad that we should walk around on tippy toes and fear and that entertainers should have to rewrite songs because a word is used that offends someone. You're always going to find someone offended by something. At what point do we stop being so darn fragile? and so unable to personally set our own boundaries. Look, if Beyonce does a lot of songs in which there are words that I find crude and not inspiring and addressing the lowest of ourselves, you know how I would deal with that? I wouldn't listen to Beyonce. I wouldn't put money into any product or any musical performance that she would be partaking of. I would vote with my purse. I would stay away. I wouldn't give it energy. I feel the same way about horror movies. I don't watch them because I don't need to be frightened to feel something. And I don't want to give energy to terror. That's how I think we respond In essence, you know, it's like free market capitalism. You know, you let the market decide if somebody puts a product out there and it serves a purpose and it helps a lot of people, well, it sells and therefore it does well. It becomes popular. And in the process, the creator or the originator or the producer becomes prosperous as a result. In a way, the same principle, I think, ought to apply to culture in general. If a majority of people are comfortable with it, then let them pursue it. And if you're not comfortable with it, whether it's a song or it's a book or it's a comedian or it's a television show, whatever it is, a movie, whatever it is, if you're not comfortable with it, then don't patronize it. Don't give it energy. But I don't think that trying to put an iron fence around every single thing that offends every single person serves any of us. All it does is promote that tribalistic separation mentality where we all are hunkered down in little groups that approve certain things and ban other things. And it's the antithesis of why this nation was founded and the principles that went into the designing of the governance and the governing documents of this nation. It is the antithesis of what America has always stood for, the melting pot, the acceptance. Yes, are there always going to be people who pick at other people, who find weakness and prey upon it? Yes, but we call them bullies. And the way you deal with them is to say, not on my watch. That doesn't translate into being able to monitor every single person's word that comes out of their mouth. I want to say one more thing about values because it relates to something that's going on right now. Nancy Pelosi is in Asia 
And we have told Taiwan repeatedly that we had their back and that if anything happened, we would come to defend Taiwan and its desire to be free of communist China. I don't know what she's going to do on this trip, but if she doesn't go, if she allows the threats and the bullying of the Chinese Communist Party to keep her from showing up on a friend's doorstep that she had intended to go to, that goes to the value. That goes to the heart of the matter. And so all the words don't mean anything, right? Because it works in reverse as well. The words can have an intention to hurt. The words can have an intention to heal. But when the words don't mean anything, when there's nothing to back them up, when there's no value behind it, when there's no courage to stand by the very things we say we believe in, then we have problems a lot bigger than whether or not we use spaz in a song. I don't know what the outcome will be of that particular situation. At the moment, it looks like there's no good outcome, which will not be the case. I just don't know what the good outcome is, but I believe there'll be one. It looks like if Nancy Pelosi doesn't go, then the United States' word means nothing. And if she does go, I guess we're going to find out if if the Chinese communist government's word means something because they've implied they'll shoot it down. But at some point, the words matter only if they're backed up by values that have substance and that have the courage and the determination of the people who say they believe in those values to stand for them when push comes to shove. That's what matters not words and songs, but words and deeds. Thanks for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again on Wednesday. And until I am, by all means, please think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's Carol with an E, gold.com please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.